Hi, this is Ines, and you're listening to Word of Hope Christian Church in New Braunfels, Texas. Hi, everyone, and welcome. It's good to be with you once again. I'm Pastor Tim with Word of Hope Christian Church in New Braunfels, Texas, and this is your Sunday sermon. I hope this finds you and yours doing great today. It is Sunday, April 30th. We're halfway through our four-week series, The Way. In weeks one and two, we introduced a new way for the people of God, and we learned that we are to light the way for others. Today, we're going to talk about how to keep the way, and the main scripture continues in Matthew 5, with verses 21 to 37. This teaching is pivotal as we're encouraged to keep the way of faith and righteousness as we press on to take hold of that that Christ has for us. As we pursue this new way, it's imperative that we fight the good fight and keep our word to others. Who we are is just as important as what we do. Have you thought recently about the true motives of your heart or how important it is that your actions align with your motives, values, etc.? To some, the discrepancy between the two may be seen as hypocrisy, the idea of saying one thing and doing another. Have you ever done anything like that? I sure have. As I began thinking about a time when I acted like a hypocrite, I realized that it just wasn't one time. In fact, there are a whole lot of one times. And I sat there at my desk just shaking my head in disbelief. I really hadn't thought a lot about this subject in a really long time. So instead of just one example in my life, I thought I'd share several moments that came to mind during this sermon preparation. There have been times when I stood before God's people and preached morality, but after the service, I would treat my wife and kids with an angry, judgmental attitude. I know that gossip is a bad thing, and I've said as much over the years, but there have been times that I would repeat what I heard to a friend. Enough said. There were times when I've heard the saying, no child should go hungry but then I would neglect to donate to a local food bank or do something more about it. Surely I could give up those breakfast tacos and give to someone in need. There have also been times when I've said it was important to tell the truth, but when someone comes to me with the truth, I really don't want to hear, and I rebuff them and get a little attitudinal. If I'm advocating telling the truth, I should be prepared to listen when it comes my way. I could go on and on for quite a while with this, folks, but there's one last example. I've often talked to people about finding the whole work-life balance thing, but when I look at my own life, I wasn't modeling it at all. My life was pretty lopsided. In fact, I would often ask people to pray for me to find that very balance I was telling others they needed to have. The truth is, we're all hypocrites from time to time. One minute you're singing worship songs, and the next minute you're yelling and screaming at the guy who cut you off on the way home from church. On some level, This is what it means to be living as a human in a fallen world where we're being formed and sanctified as we follow Jesus. We will mess up. It's going to happen. And for that, we seek forgiveness from God and others. On the other hand, we're told to be holy as Christ is holy. We're called new creations, and we know that greater is the power in us than the power at work in the world. The yoke of Jesus may be easy and his burden light, but the path of being made holy is a difficult one. The old self dies a painful death as we are conformed into the image of Christ. In today's passage, Jesus reforms some of the primary teaching coming from the rabbis of his time. He calls us to consider the posture of our hearts in matters of sin and righteousness. It is so important that we keep the way of Christ with perseverance and steadfastness. As the Apostle Paul said in Philippians 3.12, 
but I press on to possess that perfection for which Christ Jesus first possessed me. So let's look at our main scripture today, which is Matthew 5, 21 to 37. This is a long section of scripture. Let's read it all together to get the general flavor of what Christ is saying. You have heard that our ancestors were told, you must not murder. If you commit murder, you're subject to judgment. But I say, if you're even angry with someone, you are subject to judgment. If you call someone an idiot, you are in danger of being brought before the court. And if you curse someone, you're in danger of the fires of hell. So if you're presenting a sacrifice at the altar in the temple and you suddenly remember that someone has something against you, leave your sacrifice there at the altar. Go and be reconciled to that person. Then come and offer your sacrifice to God. When you are on the way to court with your adversary, settle your differences quickly. Otherwise, your accuser may hand you over to the judge who will hand you over to an officer and you will be thrown into prison. And if that happens, you surely won't be free again until you've paid the last penny. You've heard the commandment that says you must not commit adultery. But I say anyone who even looks at a woman with lust has already committed adultery with her in his heart. If your eye, even your good eye, causes you to lust, gouge it out and throw it away. It's better for you to lose one part of your body than for your whole body to be thrown into hell. And if your hand, even your stronger hand, causes you to sin, cut it off and throw it away. It is better for you to lose one part of your body than for your whole body to be thrown into hell. You've heard the law that says a man can divorce his wife by merely giving her a written notice of divorce. But I say that a man who divorces a wife unless she has been unfaithful causes her to commit adultery. And anyone who marries a divorced woman also commits adultery. You've also heard that our ancestors were told, you must not break your vows. You must carry out the vows you make to the Lord. But I say, do not make any vows. Do not say by heaven because heaven is God's throne. And do not say by the earth because the earth is his footstool. And do not say by Jerusalem, for Jerusalem is the city of the great king. Do not even say by my head, for you can't turn one hair white or black. Just say a simple, yes, I will, or no, I won't. Anything beyond this is from the evil one. Wow, we have just covered a lot of scripture. Most of your Bibles will have headings or titles that differentiate between those main ideas. Now, if you're only looking at those titles, you'll see that Jesus addresses anger, adultery, divorce, and vows. Any one of these four sections would be more than enough for an entire sermon. So what are we doing tackling all of them at once? We're looking for the heart of what Jesus is saying to the crowds. We're trying to understand how his teaching 2,000 years ago may impact our lives today. We want to know what it means to keep the way of Christ. I believe there are three key aspects of keeping the way. So let's jump in and find out what they are. The first aspect is fight the good fight. The phrase fight the good fight of faith comes from 1 Timothy 6.12, which says, Fight the good fight for the true faith. Hold tightly to the eternal life to which God has called you, which you have declared so well before many witnesses. Here Paul says that this is a fight for what we believe. The verb tense in Greek applies that this is a fight that is ongoing, a continual process requiring diligence, strength, and discipline. This verse encourages Christians to remain steadfast and strong in their faith, despite any challenges or persecutions they may face. It is also a call for those who fight the good fight of faith to hold tightly to their prize. Eternal life had been given to Timothy, as for all believers, at the moment of conversion. When a person confesses faith in Jesus Christ as Savior, eternal life begins. 
In our passage from Matthew, we see that many of our issues stem from our heart, mind, and mouth. Anger is often a heart issue. Adultery and divorce also stem from the heart, but have a lot to do with what we allow to live in our minds. Making vows or promises is a matter of the heart, mind, and the mouth. What we say matters, folks, and the New Testament writer James says in James 3, 6, And among all the parts of the body, the tongue is a flame of fire. It is a whole world of wickedness corrupting your entire body. It can set your whole life on fire, for it is set on fire by hell itself. So what does that mean? Our tongues, the words we say with them in our lack of self-control, are powerfully evil and destructive. It's not a small problem. It's rooted in the fundamental spiritual problems all people have, pride and the lack of self-control. Here, James makes it clear that the way we use our tongues reveals our true nature. So all of this to say, if we are to fight the good fight of faith and keep the way of Christ, we must be mindful of our heart, our mind, and our mouth. In our text, Matthew 5, 21 to 37, Jesus helps us to see that it's not just a matter of following rules, but it's a matter of keeping vigilant watch over our hearts, minds, mouths, and motives. After all, unless your righteousness exceeds that of the scribes and Pharisees, you will never enter the kingdom of heaven. We've got to be willing to fight the good fight, to keep the way of Christ, and to press on through every trial and adversity. That's the heart of what Jesus is saying in this passage. The second key aspect of keeping the way is that we must keep pressing on. In Philippians 3, verses 10 to 12, the Apostle Paul says, I want to know Christ and experience the mighty power that raised him from the dead. I want to suffer with him, sharing in his death, so that one way or another I will experience the resurrection from the dead. I don't mean to say that I've already achieved these things or that I already have reached perfection, but I press on to possess that perfection for which Jesus Christ first possessed me. What Paul is saying is that to know Christ is more than just merely knowing facts or doctrine about him. It should be the goal of every believer to know Christ more fully and personally, and that can be a lifelong process. Paul didn't want his readers to think he saw himself as perfect and sinless. He was clear that his life was a work in progress, Romans 7. Paul had not yet been made like Christ in a resurrected body, and he had not yet reached the point of being without sin. This accomplishment was something which only happened when we are perfected in heaven. Instead of claiming to be perfect now, Paul continued to pursue becoming more like Christ. So he said, I press on to possess that perfection for which Jesus Christ first possessed me. A Christ-like life is not a moment to achieve, but a goal to pursue. Paul knew he would never be perfect in this world, but instead he made it his ambition to become increasingly like Christ in his life. That's what we should do as well. For some of you here today, this teaching from Matthew 5 is a difficult one. Some of the things Jesus is teaching sound impossible to do, like making friends with enemies, harnessing anger, gouging out an eye, and simply saying yes or no. Many commentators on this scripture passage believe that Jesus makes an exaggerated statement to point out our need for help. These aren't things that people can typically do on their own, which is why they seem so impossible. We need a savior. We need redemption and healing. We need Jesus. He's the reason we press on. He's the reason we fight the good fight of faith, even when it seems ridiculous to everybody around us. He's the reason we keep a watch over our hearts, minds, mouths, and motives. He's the reason for all of it. And guess what, friends? He's worth it all. And the third aspect of keeping the way is this. 
It's all for Jesus. 2,000 years ago, when Jesus was sharing these truths, the people listening didn't exactly know yet who Jesus was. There may have been some suspicion and speculation about this miracle-working rabbi from Nazareth, but the full extent of his identity was not yet revealed. However, we know exactly who Jesus was and is. We know that he came to trade his life for ours. We know that all things are possible through him. We know that he is with us even to the end of the age. And we know that apart from him, we can do nothing. It's because of him that we have the power to do the impossible things that are mentioned in Matthew 5, 21 to 37. We can keep the way of Christ, not in our own power, but in his power. He is the way and he provides the way. This reality helps us to understand why Matthew 5, 37 ends with this statement. Just say a simple, yes, I will, or no, I won't. Anything beyond this is from the evil one. We are to live as people of integrity, let us be people of our word, who keep our word, and who honor the word. The yoke of Jesus may be easy and his burden light, but the path of being made holy is a difficult one. The old self dies a painful death as we're conformed into the image of Christ. We've got to trust the process of salvation and sanctification. Today's scripture passage, Matthew 5, 21 to 37, it's a historically difficult one. Oftentimes, readers will discard its instruction and say, it's just too hard. Or why would a good God make it impossible for us to follow him? And yes, the teaching of Jesus in this passage is difficult. But with him, there's always hope. With him, all things are possible. As I said earlier, Jesus helps us to see that it's not just a matter of following rules, but it's a matter of keeping vigilant watch over our hearts, minds, mouths, and motives. After all, what does it matter if your righteousness surpasses that of the scribes and Pharisees, but your heart is wicked and evil? What does it matter if you gain the whole world but forfeit your soul? We've got to be willing to fight the good fight, to keep the way of Christ, and to press on through every trial and adversity. It's all about Jesus. That's the heart of what Jesus is saying in this passage, and that's what the people listening to him needed to hear. So let me ask you, this coming week, would you consider this? Would you consider the questions, do I love my neighbor? Do I care for them? Am I harboring anger towards others in my heart and mind? Have I been careless with my eyes or emotions? Do I covet what others have? Am I a trustworthy person? Do I follow through on my promises? And lastly, is there any hypocrisy in my life? Beloved, in Christ, we are called and empowered to live consistent lives of faith. We're called to fight the good fight, to press on, to keep the way, because it's all about Jesus. And when the going gets tough, just remember, you have him. You have Jesus. Thanks for listening. Join us again next time for another encouraging message from God's Word. To find out more about our ministry, look us up on the web at www.whccnb.org. Word of Hope Christian Church. Real people. A real God. Real hope.